0: Now, speak to me. I love you. Yes, speak to me of love. I love you. Now be eloquent, be brilliant for me. I love you very much. I ask for cream and you give me milk and water. I, I adore you. Okay. That's the cut from Cyrano de Bergerac. And I want to thank my husband here for having uh, located that that quickly. So right before the break, we were talking about A gentleman, Tom, who wrote me a a question, a listener, and he's having trouble expressing his affection, his feelings towards a girl that he just started dating a month ago, Amanda. He cares for her a lot, and he just chickens out. His tongue gets caught on the words, or he just can't tell her that he cares for her. He loves her or what he feels. So, Tom, the first thing I would do is to sit down and start to think about Amanda And then think about the grossest woman that you know, the woman that just disgusts you, makes you recoil. So now that you have that contrast in mind, now try to put into words what you love about Amanda. Maybe she doesn't smell. You could start like that. She's pretty. Maybe, you know, people especially men, typically start with the physical. Maybe she's got pretty perfume or you like the way that she laughs or she, she keeps you, she's honest. Now that's a little better than just the physical. The physical's wonderful, but many of us know people who have viewed beaut- her, you know, drop-dead gorgeous and they just have a horrible character. You can't stand the person. Uh, But let's say that she's gorgeous and that she also has a very good character. She's honest and you think of some examples of when she was honest and what she did. Maybe she was given too much change at a store and she uh, gave the extra money back. Or she's very caring and attentive um, to, say, a, a sibling who's been very nice to her. They have a very good relationship. And you want to try to identify the particulars in your own mind that make you love her or make you feel strongly attracted to her. And again, you could also, you you could always use Broomhilda, this other woman that I have as a contrast, the woman that you couldn't stand, someone that you would never date in a million years, to try to highlight what you do love in Amanda. Sometimes having that mental contrast helps a lot. Then put it down in words. What do you love about her? What physical characteristics, what character traits, her sense of humor, how she makes you feel about you? and how you feel about her in her presence, what your world feels like around her. Take the time to actually write it down on paper. Now, don't censor it. Don't assume that you're going to ever give her or even keep this paper. Just get it down in words so that you can see what it is that you like, and you're also stocking your subconscious with the words that you'll eventually use. Then try to imagine yourself telling her these words. Try to figure out how you would want to tell her when, what setting. You don't want, you know, if you're, if you're taking garbage out to the road, you don't want to look at her and say, oh, by the way, I love you. You know, that's not quite the time to tell her. So try to figure out when you would like to express it, when it would feel most natural to you, given that it doesn't feel natural to you anyway. But at least put yourself mentally in that situation, because this will help you break the ice, too, with yourself. Think about times that you have told people you've loved them. Maybe you told someone else you love them and they slapped you in the face. A boyfriend once kissed me, not a boyfriend, when I was a young kid playing doctors of all things in my best friend's backyard. Uh, we had the, the, the guys were sick, the two guys were sick. This was totally non sexual, but it got sexual. It got sexual because at the age of maybe seven or eight or however old I was, the guy looked up at me and when I bent over being the nurse, he kissed me. And so I did what every good nurse does. I slapped him and then ran home. I didn't know how to deal with it. Well, I hope that didn't give him a complex because when I got home, I didn't couldn't figure out how I could go back there. I really wanted to go back. So you want to figure out how to deal with rejection if you have been rejected in the past. And then rem- just remember that What a woman wants to hear or what a guy wants to hear, too, is not just you're really cool, you're really nice, not just the superficial things, but some details. And it doesn't have to be a a page worth of details, but one or two details of something that you love that that person does that really turns you on to them as opposed to Broomhilda. So I hope that helps you. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner. You're listening to The Rational Basis of Happiness. And of course, we have an email-only show today. I have so many emails that I'm devoting today solely not to your call-in questions, which I'll do on other weeks. But today, it's just email questions. Um, If you have a pressing question, you can always leave it on my backup line. Um, We do have an after-hours line. It's toll-free, 877 Seven Doctor Kenner. That's D R K E N N E R. Toll free one eight seven seven Doctor Kenner, and my website's drkenner.com. dot com. So you can leave me a question on our after hour sign, and I'll answer you on the air. Okay, what do you do if you procrastinate? Well, all of us procrastinate. I've been working on a project of cleaning my office and it feels really good to not procrastinate any longer. And here's a a listener who is asking about this. Now, listen to his question carefully and see if you think he can make any headway with the way he's framing it to me. Dear Dr. Kenner, I've got a bad case of procrastination. And this procrastination does not only apply to things related. Later to work. Really, anything that needs to be done in my life and can be put off, I put off. I always wait for the last minute. But here's the interesting part. So I'm getting ready for this real interesting part. And Bill responds, I am physically unable to work. And so I'm thinking, is he disabled? And then he continues, unless I'm in a time constraint and pressured to do so. I experience all the symptoms of ADD unless I'm working in, under some kind of stress. I don't get why this happens, but as you can expect, working at the last moment does cause problems, uh, but I kind of seem to enjoy the pressure of rushing to do the works. work. Is this fixable without Ritalin, or do I just need a good kick in my behind? Thanks, Bill. Bill, I think you know the answer to your own question. Notice first that you're very superficial. You're talking about procrastination, but you could be anybody. You could be 50 years old, 20 years old. Uh, You could be male, female. It doesn't matter. You don't have any details here. So one of the skills of breaking through procrastination is to sit down and to write on, to answer the following question. What is the most important thing in my life right now that I'm putting off? And then when if you find out, oh, well, I've got a job at work that needs to be done, or I have to go to the doctor's appointment. I've had uh, this lump in my body that needs to get checked out. I need to go right away. Figure out what it is in your life that you've been putting off. And then sit down and write about that for, I would say, 10 minutes. Don't take the pen off the paper. And just keep writing and writing because your goal is to try to find a solution to the most pressing problem. What we did right right there was you prioritized, you took the most important problem, and you're answering that first. If you know, if you're about to lose your job, you focus on that. If you're b- about to lose a relationship, you focus on that. If it's a health matter, you focus on that, and you spend the time trying to figure out in detail what the problem is, and then, um, and then notice what you'll get more and more details. So you prioritize, and then you get details. When we get back, I'll have more time to talk about procrastination and to answer some very other interesting emails. At BB&T, sharing financial knowledge is our responsibility and our legacy. We also share a commitment to our community, supporting our schools and sports programs, helping businesses grow and families become homeowners. Member FDIC. Loan subject to credit approval. Equal housing lender. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, The Serious Romance Guidebook by clinical psychologist Dr. Ellen Kenner and co-author Dr. Edwin Locke. Avoid choosing a romantic partner who tries to fake their self-esteem. One way they do so is by using defense mechanisms. Defensiveness has disastrous effects on romantic relationships. For example, Josh forgets his wife Sarah's birthday. She's very upset, but instead of apologizing and trying to make amends to her, Josh piles on excuse after excuse and then gets mad at her for in quotes, overreacting. This does not bode well for their relationship. If you are wrong or make an error, admit it. It may seem counterintuitive, but this will increase your self-esteem because you are fully acknowledging reality. You can download Chapter 1 for free by going to drkenner.com and you can buy The Selfish Path to Romance at amazon.com.